0: Today, we're chatting with Brad Baldridge. Brad is a late-stage college planning specialist and the owner of Baldridge College Solutions. He helps parents of high school students plan and pay for college. He's a certified financial planner, speaker, host of the podcast Taming the High Cost of College, and co-author of the book Strictly Business, Planning Strategies for Privately Owned Businesses. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hi, it's great to be here.
0: Now, before we jump into more about your business, I'd love to know a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not at work.
1: Wow. I, there's times when I'm not at work? <laughs> it, yeah, I've got uh, three kids at home, so they're 10, 12, and 14, so that pretty much uh, keeps me busy as far as you know, going from practice to practice and uh, game to game and all that type of thing. And then I... Uh, also spend uh, time dancing and reading.
0: Hmm. Great. Now, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. Um, how long has coaching been an aspect of your business and how did you get into it?
1: Oh, okay. Well, it's I've been a financial planner for about 20 years. Um, and then I've About 10 years ago, I added on the college planning side of things, which is probably closer to the the coaching side of things where I help families plan and pay for college. Um, So probably, I would say 10 years for that piece of it. Um, And I I just kind of slipped into it as I was working with families doing general financial planning, I discovered that, you know, most people didn't do a good job of college planning. And I also realized that there really was not a lot of good resources out there. So I started coaching and dealing with uh, families more specifically on on uh, how to plan and pay for college and realized that there was kind of a niche there. So I actually launched a separate business. So that's when I launched Baldridge College Solutions. And then about three years ago, four years ago, I launched the podcast and a website because I wanted to take the information to a wider audience um, because I think for a lot of families understanding, especially what I call late stage planning, which is dealing with college once you're in high school um, for most families, they're very overwhelmed by the process and how they're going to pay for it. And, And I primarily work with the parents on the parent side of things like, you know, should we save and invest and how do we, um, deal with financial aid and will we qualify for need-based aid or scholarships? All those issues that families need to understand. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got involved in my business and it's been going pretty well.
0: Great. Um, you know, now everybody knows that when we first get started building up a business, there's generally a lot of ups and downs. So can you tell us about maybe just a big disappointment or a low point that you experienced when you were building up your business?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I guess primarily it was the getting started. I mean, there's kind of two phases to it. One would be the getting started in financial planning 20 years ago. And that just the first couple of years are always hard and you know, you're know, you young, you're not sure what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And then as you get more... And better at it, life gets a lot easier. Um, and then I kind of started over when I moved into the college planning. It took me a long time to figure out how to work with schools and um, other professionals around college planning because it's kind of a different world. Um, you know, I've built relationships with a number of high schools over the years, but it takes a long time. Most high schools and most college counselors, you know, they're, they're busy people and they're not really looking for help with college um, until you kind of work with them over the long term.
0: Hmm. Sometimes it's interesting because people will just sort of burst onto the scene and and it all just looks like they're an overnight success. But we all know that it takes a lot of consistent action before you can kind of catch that first big break in your business. So can you tell us about maybe a tipping point or just a time when you felt like you were finally starting to get momentum behind you in your business?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, as an example, around college planning again, I was—I uh, had a number of different presentations, and I wanted to be able to present at the local college fairs. And essentially, the rule—you know—the rule that they put up against me was, well, we only allow colleges to come to the college fair, and um, so that didn't work out. So then, what I ultimately did is I started my own Greater Milwaukee College Workshop, which was a little broader. Event that included professionals on ACT planning and how to pay for college and scholarships and essay writing and all kinds of stuff beyond just visiting with colleges. And after doing it for that for three or four years, then I got invited to speak at the places where I wasn't invited to speak previously. Um, So again, it's one of those things where it may take years to kind of slowly build a reputation in a community. Um, to where you'd become known as the expert.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's actually a really cool idea because you weren't really allowed to to go in somewhere. You just kind of created your own event and and eventually they started to take notice of you and, and started to see that you were providing a great service. So that's a great idea on, on finding a way in through the back door sort of. Absolutely. Now we always tend to measure success in, you know, hitting a milestone or reaching a certain goal. What would you say has been maybe your biggest win or like a favorite achievement so far in your business?
1: Yeah, there's an, I guess a number of them, but I think, uh, Launching my podcast and actually getting it off the ground and then being able to, you know, consistently post and, uh, you know, I'm getting about 5,000 downloads a month now. So that's, uh, you know, it's a little bit gratifying and it was a long road on, on that as well. I mean, it's been three years, and um, but it's, I'm starting to see traction in a lot of areas where, again, everything kind of starts slow and small and as you slowly builds over the years and uh yeah
0: so in your podcast do you do you interview people or do you just go on with a topic and speak about it
1: right yeah and that's something that i learned is i when i started my podcast it was mostly just me doing solo shows Mm -hmm. but i realized after about 10 or 12 weeks that well you kind of start running out of things to say that you haven't already said and that's when i started including guests and um interviewing other experts that are kind of tangential to what i do so i would work with scholarship experts and acd test prep experts and people that are building new websites around college you know there's tutoring sites and there's selection sites and scholarship sites and all kinds of you know new and interesting things going on on the the web around college talk to you know people that sell textbooks and you know have the health centers at the colleges and all kinds of different things that again for most families that are rolling into college, the last experience a typical parent has had is when they went to college twenty or thirty years ago. Mm, right. And the the rules and the, the whole process has changed quite a bit since then. So and then a lot of times even the parents hadn't gone or they went in a foreign country or whatever it might be. And so they're really starting from square one and there's a lot to learn and most parents you know don't really have the time and resources to dive into college full time on top of you know chasing kids and raising their family and typically working and all the other things they've got going on it's a busy time and there's it's kind of an extra layer of complexity
0: mm. another question around your podcast when you started your podcast were you more interested in using it as like a tool to actually attract business or are you using it more as to build up your own authority as an expert in the industry?
1: I don't know that I I mean I it's it's doing both right. currently and I don't know whether that I had any particular intention. I kind of fell into podcasting um Because I was trying to work on the radio, so I was on the radio, typical talk radio. Again, you've got the guest that comes on on the weekends where they talk an hour about mortgages, or then there's the investment guy that talks about retirement and the gardening show, and then the you know all those different experts that come on on the weekends. So I had a show that I wanted to place on the Saturday or Sunday time slot, but there's only time there wasn't enough time slots to go around. So I was kind of filling in where I could get some time, and was very expensive and. And again, I wasn't getting a constant time slot and all that stuff. And, but I enjoyed the talking and being on the radio. So then I said, well, what about that internet radio thing? How does that work? What, what's that about? Right. And that was maybe four or five years ago now. And as I started looking into that, I realized that there's this thing called podcasting. Mm. Um, and then I hired a coach to help me figure out how to launch a podcast. And then I guess the rest is history. <laughs> now, exactly why I did it. Well, I was, like I said, I was just hoping to get stuff out into the world and kind of see how it goes. And yeah. it's been good.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you hit a good stride. 5,000 download a month. Actually, really right. good. You know, Before we move on to the next part of the podcast, where we focus a little bit more on action steps that people can take to start to grow their business, I'd like to talk about the future just a little. What are you excited about creating next in your business?
1: Right. So now I'm working really hard on, you know, the podcast is at com, which is obviously a website. So now I'm working on building out that website with, you know, uh, additional courses and classes and you know, so I've got like the scholarship guide for busy parents, which is a free course to help parents figure out what they should be doing around scholarships. And there's an EFC calculator there that helps people figure, you know, do the math on financial aid to figure out if they're going to qualify or not. So I'm, you know, building out resources, um, some of them free. And then my next step is to build, you know, a couple paid courses as well. And, you know, just getting it out there and making it available to everyone, because there's kind of a gap in the college realm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you either go it alone or you hire, you know, somebody one on one. Typically, pretty expensive. Which, you know, again, often it's worth it. But there's nothing in between where you can say, "Well, I, you know, I don't really want to spend three thousand dollars." That, you know, is there something between zero help and three thousand dollars? And right now, there really isn't much. Mm, um, yeah. So I'm that's what I'm working on, where you know people might be able to do limited engagements or be able to, you know, do an online course to get the core information and then spend an hour or two to kind of finish it off if they need it. And if they don't need it, then they don't need it.
0: Right. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea to look at the market and then figure out where there's a gap. And with your background and knowledge, it, it sounds like it's going to be a great fit for you to, to get in there and kind of fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to move into what's working right now in business. And, you know, one thing that I like to stress, to I mean, a lot of coaches feel like that the only way to be in the business is to do one-on-one coaching. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is there's a lot of different ways, online and offline, to make a living and to build up a business as a coach. So how are you generating revenue in your business today?
1: Right. So... I mean, I essentially charge people to help them with their college planning. So again, typically I charge a flat fee for you know for the family for a one to two year engagement where we kind of do everything. Around college, A to Z, so I'll help them with whatever, you know, and again, there's a pretty long list of, but again, filling out financial aid forms and understanding whether they're going to qualify and tax planning and investment planning and negotiating with schools and building a school list and planning visits and all the different things around college that families need to do. So I charge a fee and they write me a check.
0: (laughs) So it is. So for your business, it's a little bit more of a one-on-one relationship because you've got one to two years that you're going to be working with a family to get them ready.
1: Correct. Right. Okay. So I, then that's ideal. Of course, some people come to me a little bit late and then with a rush, but ideally they hire me. Maybe even as soon as their sophomore year of high school um, so that we have time to kind of, you know, again, it's kind of a coaching session where we talk about, well, these are the next things you need to start working on. And then they go do it for a while. Mm. You know, here's how you're going to visit a college. You know, you need to go, you know, some, maybe a local college, maybe far away, whatever it is, but, you know, go visit a couple of colleges. And now once you've done it, you'll have further questions and, you know, it'll make a little more sense and then we can take it to the next level. But until you've actually been on a couple campuses, it's hard for me to teach you, you know, all the things you need to know as far as the next step until you've kind of mastered the first step. Mm.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's interesting because it sounds like you're really, you know, taking people by the hand and just walking them through everything, not just, I mean, it all does have something to do with the financial, but it's it's interesting that, you know, it, it goes all the way back to, this is what you need to do the very first thing, you know, go and, and walk around some campuses and then come back and talk to me again. That's a interesting relationship that you end up having with these families over the course of a couple of years.
1: Right, exactly. and. I mean, that's on the college side. You know, it's also, we talk a lot about the money. So Mm -hmm. how do you build a budget? How much can you afford to spend? You know, do you have an extra thousand a month that we can put towards college? Um, Are you willing to pay for that expensive private school or do they have to go to a low-cost school? Mm -hmm. All the, you know, again, what I find is families kind of stumble through it on their own because they don't know that there's people out there that can help them.
0: Right, sure. Yeah, it's not something. I mean, when I was growing up, and and I guess you know maybe a lot of the parents are probably you know around my age. I didn't know anything about. I'd never heard of a college planner. You know, my parents probably never even knew that something like that existed if it did. So it's right.
1: it's yeah, and it's it is relatively new as college got to be much more expensive. Now there's a lot you know again if you're going to be spending twenty or forty or you know hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is you know twenty thousand per year probably is probably what most people pay at least some more per student. And then you add that all up and say, well, gee, if I can do that more efficiently, you know, I can save a lot of money. So that's one of the great benefits that I provide is I don't really cost people money. I save them money.
0: Mm, Yeah. And when you're looking at like you said, 20,000 plus a year, just even for just a smaller school that it's a big chunk of money. So anywhere people can save is I'm sure something that they're very interested in doing. Right. Now, speaking of, you know, working with the families over the course of a couple of years, what would be your favorite strategy for connecting with those brand new clients? How do you find new business?
1: Right. Well, so I my original, you know, getting back to building the relationship with schools. So I've done a lot of college planning presentations at local high schools. Um, and that, you know, again, that's been a process where, you know, probably 10 or 12 years ago, I got into a couple high schools and then was a, and also worked in park and rec departments and other places. So I got out there and I, I would give college presentations, you know, pretty much anywhere that they'd have me. So whether it was, again, a park and rec, which is again, a local, in our city anyway, and in, in this area, there's, it's either associated with the school district or the city government, but there's a park and rec department that's in charge of, you know, uh, little leagues and and soccer clubs and that type of thing. And then also summer activities. And a lot of them also have adult enrichment where they, you know, have computer classes and other things for the adults. Mm-hmm. Um, so I added one more thing for the adults, which was how to plan and pay for college course. And I call it taming the high cost of college. And then I've obviously I've used that name now for my podcast as well. Um, so I I would get out there and give those presentations and just teach people about it. And then, you know, and again, a relatively small percentage would then come to my office and ask questions and ultimately hire me because they didn't want to have to do it on their own. Right. Um, but again, that's a process where first you had to figure out where you could hold the event, then you had to figure out how to get people to come to the event. And then once you get them to come to the event, now you need to get them to come to the office. And once you get them to come to the office, now you got to figure out how to get them to you know, agree to sign on and actually work with you. And then, then now you actually have the client, then you've got to build the, all the pieces of the coaching, you know? Mm -hmm. So over the years I've developed handouts when people, you know, there's just a whole bunch of common questions when people say something around, well, we want to get scholarship. Well, that's what, you know, that's why I built the scholarship guide for busy parents is, I mean, everybody Wants scholarships, but nobody really understands what it's about. So you know, I give them a quick talk about it and say, by the way, you know, if you want to learn a lot, of, there's a four, you know forty minutes of video available out on the internet for free. <laughs> Just go watch that, and you'll learn you know what you need to know as far as the basics about scholarships. And then, if you want to pursue it further, you know, the next steps are there as well.
0: Right. So that's yeah, that's a really cool process to get into the local, get into your local community, and offer up you know, free workshops that are going to bring your ideal client in and educate them. And then you also have, um, you know, something free online that they can do. So that just sort of cultivates the relationship even more. I think that's a wonderful idea for for people to kind of keep in their arsenal of, of ways to attract clients. So, you know, knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, for somebody that was just getting started out, what would you say would be maybe one of the first steps, one of the first things that they should do, or maybe something you wish you had done first off when you were just getting started?
1: Wow. Um, I mean, today, this day and age, it's understanding how to leverage the internet. I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, I'm you know I'm late to the game. I I'm slightly active from from a professional standpoint on Facebook, but I'm relatively old, so I'm I don't have a lot of interest in you know building you know dealing with Facebook or you know the as an example, you know I could set my phone down and walk away from it for six hours and then realize oh I set my phone somewhere I wonder where it is. <laughs> And I have to go find it. I mean, I'm not attached to it like a lot of people are today. right? Um, So I guess that's part of it is understanding that balance of using it productively without it sucking you in forever and then, you know, sapping all your time.
0: Mm. Is your business more locally? Is that where most of your clients come from is your local area?
1: Well, again, now I kind of have two businesses, right? I've got the national Taming the High Cost of College, which is the podcast and courses and all that kind of stuff. And that is national. And then Baldur's College Solutions is my business that's been local in my office across the table table. So um, that's one of the reasons why I launched the podcast is I wanted to start working on a more national level.
0: Right. So so some of the people that you're working with, it's not like they're everybody's from your city and they have to come into your office to work with you. You can you know, you're able to to have an online aspect and you can work with people that, that are anywhere.
1: Correct. Yeah. So I'm in the Milwaukee area, um, and my most distance clients have been in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands mm. Um new york california so I, all u s citizens i don 't know much about the international uh, side of it, but certainly a lot most universities take international students and so I know there are other experts out there that deal with that, but I work primarily with u s residents and citizens
0: it's an interesting concept for for a lot of coaches that may want to start out locally and you know build up a a business around town and just reach out to to local local businesses or local people, and then to get in and broaden the reach with, you know, like you said, something that that's going to give them more of that national exposure, like, you know, a podcast or or just, you know, website, different things like that. So the last thing that we're going to do is we're going to finish up with our final five rapid fire questions. So can you tell us one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable?
1: Uh, I would say it's innovation. It's continuing to add and create and you know, move on to the next thing. And just, you know, again, kind of like a Lego project. You just keep tacking more stuff on and not, not stop.
0: Mm.
1: What's one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop? Um, drive. I mean, you, it's going to take a long time. Whatever you do, I mean, your first seminar, your first workshop, you know, your attendance is going to be, you know, disappointing potentially, or the results are going to be disappointing in some way. And you're just going to have to do it again and do it better and again, kind of learn. And that's where, you know, people talk about how many hours you need to spend to be good at playing an instrument or how many hours you need to spend at being a successful coach. It's, again, a time commitment where you practice and you practice on purpose. Mm.
0: Recommend one book to us that's had a big impact on you, either your life or your business.
1: Uh, Stephen Covey, I guess, would be probably the first book I read. And the biggest impact that had was, oh, there's books like this. Mm-hmm. And then I read many more. <laughs> uh, but that's the one that got my attention mm. uh, long ago.
0: Good. Now, give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without.
1: Oh, Wow. Um, for me, it's probably, well, a number of things probably, but I would say Dropbox and
0: Evernote
1: mm, mm-hmm. um, are, well, and Basecamp. So there's a th- kind of a three core, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one I'd rank the highest, but I have got a couple of employees. And so, I mean, using things like Dropbox and uh, a couple of these key productivities um have been great for us as far as getting stuff in one place and keeping things organized. Dropbox has been fantastic for me because I have access to you know every file and every folder, no matter where I am. Same with Evernote, where I can just grab something off the web and, and then file it and then forget about it and be able to find it again sometime in the future.
0: Yeah, those are all those are all great. Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you if they want to check out more of what you're doing or or get their hands on some of those uh, free college planning videos that you're offering up? Uh, What social platform do you hang out on? What's your website?
1: Uh, You can go to my website at tamingthehighcostofcollege.com, and there's even a phone number there. Again, I'm old school. I don't really hang out on any social platform. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a website. I do a little bit of Facebook. But – I mean, to expect me to respond to a, I don't really understand how Facebook messages work as an example. (laughs) So occasionally someone will say, well, I sent you a message in Facebook. It's like, okay, well, good. (laughs) I'll try and figure that out then. Um, but for me, it's the old school you know, website, email, pick up the phone and call our office. There you go. Or or
0: uh, connect with you and, and listen to some of your podcasts, right?
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, Brad, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me.